This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Homesdale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street West London, Docklands East London and Crawley and Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. Live commentary. An easy finish, really, for Sergio Torres, heading past him into an empty net. It's very disappointing for Crystal Palace, and it's 2-0 Crawley. It's horrific, but it's much, much worse as being in the press area in the Crawley main stand. Happy to hear them, John. Who are you at the Palace, Ben? Live interviews. The deal that's done. Are you? Uh, do you got the message about? Is it? Is it definitely done? Or hopefully, yeah. I need to get off the phone really and, and find out. But, um, <laughs> All right, no, we'll let you I go think, then. I think it, I think it was the midfielder or the striker. I'm not sure. One of the two. Expert analysis. Peter Ramage has gone on a season-long loan to Barnsley. Uh, Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Cowbells! That was utterly ridiculous. Way! Oh dear. Alright, don't milk it. You get rot on my teats. Move along. <laughs> yeah, keep churning them out. Well, most of the time anyway. Homestale Radio. Good evening. Welcome to Homestar Radio. I am Chris Hambling and I'm your host for today's show as we review Palace's week. With me tonight to help bask in the glory of recent results are Albert Curley. Yo. Oh, gone uh, urban. Brilliant. Fucking yo. And, and Ting. 
and a swear already from Joe. Cheers, Joe. And that was the world famous Jeremy Holyoke. Hello. Who are you? Joining us later in the show as a special treat for you, we also have Palace Chairman Steve Parrish. Um, and we also have an exclusive piece of Palace news coming up. Two victories in a week have left a very different feeling about the team's chances of staying up, and we'll talk about both those games in detail. We'll also look ahead to the Chelsea game as a tough Christmas period begins. And finally, we'll round up all of your communication from the day. Contact the show. You can tweet us. It's at HOL Radio. You can message us on the Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. Get tricky. Email us at on radio at homestyle.net or give us a call on 0208 123098. You can also visit the whole radio chat room. That's holradio.net forward slash chat to talk with fellow listeners live around topics of discussion. We may or not, may not have someone in there. I haven't figured it out yet. Um, anyway, don't forget, you can listen to Homestyle Radio live on your smartphone or tablet device with the TuneIn Radio app. It's free to download and once installed, simply search for Homestyle Radio to locate the station. First up, here's a roundup of the main stories from the week in News in Brief. Homesdale Radio is brought to you in association with CompleteSigns.co.uk for all your sign-based needs. To receive a genuine 10% discount, mention you are listening to Homesdale Radio and get in touch today. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Crystal Palace are delighted to announce that Captain Mila Yednek has put pen to paper on a new three-and-a-half-year deal at the club. The Australian international joined the club in July 2011 as approaching 100 appearances for the Eagles, including skippering the team during their promotion run last campaign and throughout the current season. It's now tied to the Eagles until June 2017. Crystal Palace Football Club are backing a supporter education campaign on advantages of pyrotechnics of football grounds, which has been launched by the Premier League, the Football League and the FA. The campaign follows extensive research among fans, which found that 87 <laughs> 87% believe that pyrotechnics such as flares and smoke bombs are dangerous at matches, and 86% were concerned for their safety. The same number think flares and smoke bombs are a fire risk as 79% consider them to be a health hazard. Mm. Crystal Palace have been drawn away to West Brom in the third round of the FA Cup with the Eagles hoping to avenge their 2-0 defeat at the hands of the Baggies earlier in the season. News in brave, brave, brave. Get involved with the show. Email radio at homestyle.net or call us on 0208 123 Homestyle Radio. Voices for Palace Watch. Faces for Crime Watch. Right, and welcome back from the uh, incessant jingles and recorded content. Um, as I said earlier, with me today are Joe and Albert. We're going to have a little chat around the West Ham game first uh, from earlier in the week, which ended in a 1-0 victory to Palace. Um, before getting on with the discussion about yesterday's fantastic performance uh, against Cardiff. Um, so, gentlemen, uh, exciting week for us. And it, it began on Tuesday night in front of, uh, well, an amazingly, um, well, it's a packed crowd, great atmosphere. Always is on a Tuesday night. Uh, Palace running out 1-0 victors with a, a good little headed flick from Maran Chimak. And um, generally a very, very good performance. Um, if I start with you, Joe, I mean, what, if you had to pick one thing out that impressed you the most, it was Pudis' first home game. I mean, how did you go into the game feeling? Uh, well, again, I, I, was, I was surprised that we won. Um, 
I don't know, the new manager thing and the, the, the home game, the crowds. I was surprised we won with them creating sort of just a very few chances. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, I, I was really, really pleased with, with the effort. And I, you can you can definitely see that he has had a chat with a few of them players and yeah. gone ship up. You know, you just got to shape up or ship out. I reckon that's what he's basically said. Um, but so I just clarify: Did he say ship up first of all? Because I mean, ship up isn't it? Doesn't mean anything, does it? I mean, ship up or shit off? <laughs> I think that's probably what he said. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Sorry, Joe. I just confused me for a while there. Sorry to interrupt. I, can, I confused myself, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> um, no, you can see that the the, the, the Pulis effect already. Um, not not so much the hoofball. Uh, there was a couple of no, you no. know a couple of raking. Um, passes from left back, which, which uh, we we did before that. So not a lot has changed. Um, I just think that you can see now. What, what, what not only can you see it, but you can actually hear him uh, through the crowd and the microphones. Um, you know, he is he is any time that he wants a player to get after the ball, he is on them. You, it, it he's really, really sort of he, he lives every tackle he, he wants. It just lives and breathes the the whole game. Um, he, he looks you know. he looks like he's you know he'd been out too long for him. If you know what I mean, he'd, he'd been out only six months or so. It just looks he, like he's he going to have an heart attack yeah. at any second. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but, uh, he just he just no, no, like he will. Like a kid, <laughs> you know, he's 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 almost got like a childlike. Mm. Uh, uh, he's it's just infectious, you know. You can see yes. how much he just loves football. It's a different. It's a similar. In a way, it's very similar to Holloway, but it's but the focus is is not on him. He's still got the same enthusiasm, but it's all communicated in a very different way, isn't it? He, he comes across as pretty serious, although you know, seen him smile on a few a few occasions as well. But he comes across very you know straightforward. This is what I want. This is you're going to do what you're going to do. And I suppose that's probably the advantage he has as a, as a manager coming into that group. I mean. I think that group had obviously lost their way a little bit, and Keith Millen had done a really good job to kind of bring a spirit back. But in terms of organisation, although the work had started, you've seen it in, in the game against West Ham in particular because, you know, West Ham, yeah, they're down there. I mean, the same points as us now, I think, and it's, but they're not a bad team. They're not a terrible team. They've got some expensive and high quality players. I think a lot of the I don't know, a lot of focus I saw from the West Ham fans, uh, Albert, I mean, you've got a view on this, they felt that they it was them who lost the game rather than we won it. They felt that Allardyce had played players out of position or anything like that. But I don't know, for me, I thought we played a fantastic sort of counter-attack direct game and played it absolutely to a tee. I think, um, yeah, I think you're right. First of all, was there any West Ham fans there? It didn't seem that way on Tuesday night. <laughs> But um, no, I think we got it tactically spot on. I mean, it's been quite—it's been well noted in the press that you know they're they're trying to play football without a striker, um, yeah. which is you know hard to do at the best of times. Well, they, they kept that up by having Carton Cole there. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 thought they'd try and have a donkey up front um, on Tuesday, and that 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 was. That's to our sort of advantage, really, because you could tell that everything in that team goes through um, Ravel Morrison, delightful young chap. <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean, uh, every time he picked up the ball, there was uh, you know Yedinak was all over him, just sending him sideways, um, and all, all he could do was sort of pass the ball out wide, and they'd try and get an early ball in the box. And you know, as you mentioned, when you got Carlton Cole, there's the lone striker. You know, you've got to, it's, it's got to be a bit of an odd odd day for for that to be a uh, an effective tactic. And yeah. up against 
you know, Delaney, Delaney who's in form and, you know, Gabadon, who hasn't put a foot wrong for a while. Um, you know, they, they, I didn't think they were going to get much joy out of it. But to be fair, the first 45 minutes, I didn't think we were going to get any joy out of it. I, I think we couldn't string two passes together. But the second half, I think Kulis has obviously um, put the proverbial rocket somewhere and they've come out and, it, you know, we could, we could have gone on to win it a good 3-4-0 second half. Yeah, uh, I mean, we conceded uh, quite a lot of uh, possession as we have been doing in games this season, I suppose, in, in some ways. But when you look at, I mean, I can see the West Ham point perspective in that they only had two shots on target all game and, you know, they and they had 63% of the ball. So they're not, you know, in spite of what, what they might think, what Allardyce might think about his team, they weren't really creating chances as such. It was, you know, a lot of their their efforts were long range and, and you know, Speroni had a relatively sort of trouble-free night in, in a way. So... Whereas I can understand where they're coming from, it doesn't really pan out. I mean, basically, Palace played them to an absolute tee. They knew exactly what they were what they were going to come out and do. And and it's, in a way, I hate to say it, but you can see a couple of their players, their big name, their big names, their sort of star is fading a little bit. Have you got a view on Kevin Nolan, Joe? Whether you, whether you thought similar, but certainly him and, and indeed Joe Cole who come off the bench. They don't look the players that that they were. Well, I think Joe Cole's. I don't know how old he is now, but. He was a, a very good player, um, maybe f- five years ago, and he's still, you know, capable of of being a very good bit part player. But, you know, um, I think I don't know. I, I, I don't know about him. I, I mean, to, in all honesty, I don't really care about them. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's the ins and outs. I care about how our players play. Um, but you know, we need to. The last two games. I think that, that, that tactically we have outmaneuvered teams and made them not as effective. You know, I'm not going to, and again, I'm not going to have it that, that, you know, they played bad because we're going to weird out a lot this season, but, yeah. you know, and not, and not get enough credit. But we were, you know, we were, we were very good and very effective against West Ham and extremely effective against Cardiff. Mm. And we'll come to Cardiff very shortly. Don't want to dwell too much more because obviously that. Cardiff games more fresh in the mind, but you were talking about uh, you know you care about how our players do, and as a as a team performance, it was fantastic. I think really only uh, Punchin, who I thought was a lot better against Cardiff, but Punchin sort of came out of the game with a bit of stick. Um, but other than that, I think everyone they couldn't control the ball. Yeah, it, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because you see again, well, I make reference to Cardiff, but you see what he did for for the for the first goal there, and you you know the play. And, can do that but he just um, I don't know it, hopefully it's just a case of, of getting games and getting a rhythm and you know he'll continue to, to improve but you know I, I think yeah you're, I think you're right he had, he had some issues in that game and, and was replaced um, well just after the hour mark by, by Kebe and, uh, he, looked like he, he looked like he had a different attitude mm. he, what he, on he sat, looked, uh, against Cardiff you mean yeah, yeah. He, he looked like he had a different different mindset different attitude Statistically, Barry Bannon was the worst midfielder on the pitch, passing-wise. Um, but, you know, you can't read into the stats too much, I guess. That's that's exactly it. Um, and Bannon is one I would pick out. And when you think about, um, well, obviously, we rounded off the West Ham game, it was it was all down to him. Uh, he's, he's, sort of, he's being used very cleverly by Pulis. He's being put wide to get crosses in the box. And it doesn't seem to matter which side he finds himself on. Uh, he'll either whip an in-swinging ball or an out-swinging ball into a very, very dangerous area. Just got an absolutely fantastic left foot, and um, and it was from that that Tremac got that 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 goal nodded it in. And and you know he'd been playing well, and we know of late he's actually been doing really well up front on in front of his own. But the last couple of games he started to look a real goal threat again, 
Um, you know, not talking like a massive change. He's still not getting you know five six shots away during the game. It's just a, just a couple, but he's converting. Um, and he really did enjoy that. I don't know if you saw that, Joe, in the press. He's, he sort of laid into Allardyce a bit. It's all good for us, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but like I say, you know, what other people, what other people think about other players and other managers, and not really, you know, it's it, it not my not my thing to go around coating other players unless they mm-hmm. unless they really have a go at our club. Or have a go at our players. I mean, out of that West Ham game, the only person I would that I would say was a, just a clown was that kid at the end when he, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, what's all that about? I mean, that's just that is just a terrible attitude. And the well, worst thing is, you could see. Listen, he's got a, a lot of class about that kid. Yeah. Right? But but you can't. You can have class. You can have. You can have uh, attitude. You can have arrogance. But it just like. But you need to take that thuggish crap out of his game. And once he does that. He has got up a chance of, of, of literally everyone saying it, forcing his way in to the England side. Because let's face it, he ain't got loads to push out of the way. But that's, that's why, why I that's why Fergie shipped him out because his, his his personal attitude and mm. and you know general sort of stance on life wasn't good enough. So even, eventually, he's got the talent. Yeah, he, he, exactly because he has actually because he's not done what. Uh, like, like Bostock did, you know, he's not just mm. dropped down the leagues. He's not left a, a big side like Bostock left Spurs and just dropped down the leagues. Um, but he has just dropped down into into the Premiership. Yes, yeah, but it's, it's it's there for us all to see. Everyone knows uh, you sometimes with prodigious talent, which he appears to be. You you do get that, you know, that other side to them. And unfortunately, he's one of those. And it'd be very very hard for him to make good on his his um, you know his potential. If he's, um, if he's but you don't go around punching that. players and slapping. Of course you don't. No, no, and you, you know it's jo- it's Joel Ward as well, and you know Joel Ward doesn't. He's not. A, doesn't come across as a confrontational type of player. I think he's, he's a god fearing Christian. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, but um, no, like seriously, he, he's. Um, I think I mean, basically the, the incident was that that one of their players. I don't even think it was actually Morrison. Um, booted the ball. Well, after the final whistle, directly into into the back of a Palace defender. I don't even think it was Ward, but Ward's come over and blamed Matt Morrison for it. And Morrison's felt that he's in the you know he's been wronged by being accused of something and has pushed him in the face. But you don't do that. Like, and it should have been a it should have been a red card, not a yellow. And yet again, the um, the fact that we're Palace and we're not Man United means um means it was sort of all ignored. But there you go. But um yeah, I mean, look, it was a one 0 defeat. No need to get sort of. Sort of dwell on one nil win, one nil win. Oh, I did it, I did it wrong, didn't I? I'm so used to saying defeat. Uh, I yeah. apologise, <laughs> but hopefully we'll uh, continue to get used to saying, um, saying defeat. Win. I did defeat, win, <laughs> defeat. Oh. Do you know, I just I'm feeling a little bit tired today. I don't know if that's coming across. I'll be all right. I'll liven up. <clears throat> um, sick, I think. In, in sick, that's what you are. You're not tired. You're sick yeah. because <laughs> he picked out two results last week that are on. The, the the podcast. Yeah. He said we would beat West Ham one nil and we would beat Cardiff two nil. And had he put his fiver or a twenty that he yeah, said he would have usually put on, yeah. he would have won three grand. Pig sick. Carry on. Carry Thanks on. Thanks for bringing that up, mate. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Somebody else on the podcast was slating. Uh, I think it was Shamak on last week's podcast. Yep. Yeah, well, I was just about to come to that. Funny enough. We, oh, go on. I'll let you do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's worth pointing out that well, I, you know, I don't know about slating, if that's the right word, but certainly we've handed out a bit of stick 
of late, as we're prone to do as supporters, you know, it's just what happens. But um, I, I gave a bit to, to Dean Moxie, um, who was, I thought, fantastic against West Ham. Um, you know, I, I was saying he was caught out positionally against Norwich, and it was you know, it's not something he should have done as a Premier League player, but against West Ham, I thought he had a fantastic game. Very, you know, sad to see him go off uh, against Cardiff, which we'll talk about in a sec. But, um, yeah, I... Um, I've just noticed I've broken something on the our show document, but uh, yeah, I really, really, really wish I put that bet on. I just can't help but come back to that. Um, mm, sorry, Chamac, yeah, um, Gel. We've we've both said things at certain times. We we believe we've always said we thought he needs more support up there. What but, a um, difference! Yeah, but yeah, but the, yeah, but the thing is, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but no, 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 no. Listen, I've, I turned around and said, why would you why would you win a flick on the header if you've got no one running on for it? But mm. but what he's doing there, he's holding it up and he's laying it sideways and bringing other players in, but bringing players in. The two people that I have, I have, I, and I'll put my hands up and say, what a difference a week makes, because he has complete, be, become a completely different player and, and his attitude and everything, right, in, in literally a week. But the, him and Punchin, and, and, and they have really, you know, I, I just... With with uh, Shamak, I just run out of patience. It was not a criticism of of, of criticising his style of play. It was just I run out of patience with him. That was what it was. I wanted yeah. him to shoot, and, and and he shot yesterday, and look what happened. But but with Punchin, he, he didn't have he didn't have anything for me. He didn't have anything for most people. But but look what happens when you have a when you have someone who like you say gives you the proverbial rocket, and then it, it things start to go right. I mean, look, they were you know they were almost. Almost hugging each other yesterday when they scored, you know. But that, but, <laughs> but the, the ethos of Palace, with you know the camaraderie, will come. The attitude that you can see certain people have, just in general, will 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 change. The more they stay at our club, the more that and they try, the more that they will be liked by the fans and taken in by the fans, and then have their names cheered. And I mean, you know, we, we love a trier. Look at Barry Bannon, runs his ass off, gets his name sung. Yeah, you know you're doing something right when you get your own song. Absolutely. No, he's got two, actually. We're just oh, trying yeah. to find something that rhymes with Shamak. <laughs> There's a couple of good Shamak songs floating about, but not ones I'm going to repeat on the radio at the moment. Cause, um, Statist- statistically, Premier League's best striker goals to shots on target ratio. You love yeah. a stat, don't you? <laughs> How do you like that? Four um, shots on, on target, three not. goals. It is it is a sensational return, but it just makes you well. Maybe he only shoots when he knows it's going to go. You know, going to go in. I don't. Well, know. Why bother shooting if you know you're not going to score? So <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But no, yeah. it's so good, so good to see him playing with with confidence. And and in the Cardiff game, he, he looked. Oh, it's made up for him. Sensational. It was, it was great. And I think we even said that the other week, didn't we? It was like it was. It's just a case of. You know, we just want him to succeed. We're not angry at him. We're not accusing him of not trying. It's more we want him to succeed. And you know, seven days it it, cha- it all changes, and all of a sudden we're talking about a player who scored in back-to-back games, and the Palace team has won back-to-back games in the Premier League for the first time since 2004. So we've had a we've had a couple of tweets in on the subject of Chimac. I think um, Patrick O'Connor um, says that Chimac needed time, support, and confidence. As all three now, and uh, and to be fair, the change in how we played has helped him a lot. I think that's a really good observation. That the fact that he's now played just off of Cameron Jerome means not only is he not leading the line with that responsibility, but he's also getting much more of a chance to, uh, you know, to to to, to affect the game in other areas. It's been fantastic. Um, Jordan Turner uh, said that he feels Pudis will be the man 
to bring the best out in Chimac in England and prove critic wrong. critics wrong. What do you think? Well, it does seem that way. Um, Albert, purist the man to, to, to keep that going? Yeah, I think so. He just needs to convince him to have a haircut as well and then we're <laughs> definitely on to a winner. He, um, he had it trimmed. I did notice. It looked slightly... Uh, Only at the front. <laughs> yeah, what was that about? <laughs> Very odd. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think I think he's got an ideal manager in someone... Uh, well, he's, he's talked very sort of in, in glowing terms about Tremac already, Tony Pulis, and it, in a way, sometimes I, th- I think that's what Holloway wanted to do when he got him. I think he wanted to get him in that team and tell him that he was the focal point and tell him that he knew he was a great player and all that sort of stuff. It's just a shame that he had that and all the other stuff he had to deal with at the time. Um, Pulis has come in and you know he's able to focus on these key areas. And he, he pretty much you can see straight away he's realised a key area for us was up front and he's changed it he's taken a bit of a risk and he's you know, he's, he's asking Tremac to do stuff in the midfield areas when we haven't got the ball and to, you know, to, and to be a striker as well alongside Jerome and he's asking an awful lot of Jerome as well and both of them you know, as, as Pulis himself had said have, um, have sort of taken up that task in the, with the right attitude so it's extremely positive stuff so I mean we'll leave the, the talk of the West Ham game there it was um, I mean but we're good at Southhurst on a Tuesday night so we but what really sort of came up was uh, with, with this, the, the Cardiff game is just you know, you know how important a game that is. That you know they're a team that have come up with us. They'd started really well. They would got some good results, um, some surprising results. Today it was beat City, drew with United. I think. Correct. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> just, <laughs> just checking the stats. <laughs> I like you being our stats man. Just. just oh, I, I warn you now. I've got no more. <laughs> oh, shame! <laughs> <laughs> a real shame. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, we, in a way, you can kind of get a result on a Tuesday night, but a Saturday game against Cardiff is a, another story. And last Saturday game against Cardiff, I think they went two 0 up, and we came back to win three two, and certainly had a little uh, feeling, bad feeling about that um, on Saturday. But we held out as we have been doing defensively. We were very, very solid, and um, that was even with Dean Moxie going off, being replaced by Mariapa after, after twenty five minutes, but. Um, let's uh, let's have a little look down the team. It's the team that have been playing, same team against West Ham. He's you know he's keeping that back back five the same. It's it's Gabidon has kept that uh, central de- uh, defensive spot for some time now, and looks really solid alongside Delaney and uh, and Ward and Moxie at fullbacks. Now um, ahead of them, obviously, it's KG and Jedinak. You can't displace either of them at the moment. And then sort of Tremac sits sits above ahead of them with. Um, Either side with sort of Bannon and Punch and operating more as, as straightforward wingers, providing sort of defensive cover as well. So it's almost a four-four-two. It's not quite four-four-one-one, I suppose, is what you, you describe it as. But um, that that's the tweak. That's the tweak that Pulis has brought in, and um, it's achieving results, guys, isn't it? I mean, we dominated the game. Is that the first time this season, Joe? We think we've actually dominated the game, start to finish. Yeah, um, I, I would say so. Um, I think we we gave them pretty you know we let them have a little run at us. I think that's going to be the way we need to let teams have have a, a certain amount of possession just to to get our breath back because I think you can see now that the way that Shamak was just ran his well every everyone now you can see that he's just gone. I want you to run. You're professional athletes. You run. You shut down. You do. You know it, it's a uh, it's completely different. Um, you know, I'd imagine their fitness is going to be going to be stepped up, and but yeah, I, I thought we I thought we shut them down in every department. Um, we nullified. Um, is it Kim? 
I, I mentioned yeah. him last yeah, yeah. last week. I said I thought he was the player to watch. I thought we nullified him fantastically. Um, you know, we we stopped Whittingham from from playing killer balls. Um, but I, I thought I thought we were I thought we were very good. I mean, apart from that, the early scare where where um, oh, who's, who's the kid that, that missed the well, basically missed the open goal. Fraser Campbell, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it was yeah. really the only major chance he had. Uh, obviously, came too early, and then um, yeah, I, I think we were yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, mate. I'll set them up. You knock them down. Yeah, bang, um, bar post. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I would say they they had four or five chances, and and they've, they're a very very attacking side, um, Cardiff. So I, I thought we limited them, you know, to to, uh, to just a few clear chances. Mm. I mean, we, had we had our shooting boots on, we would have murdered them, no doubt about it. Um, we, we would have murdered them, and it wouldn't have been had we won four or five. No, they, they, no, they couldn't have rucked about it. So, no, no, uh, not at all. No, that's that was the really pleasing thing. I, I didn't think we'd overwhelm them as as much as we did. No, but it came across, didn't it? And I don't know if you've how many match reports and things like that you've read, and you know, ignoring the slight again, slightly pessimistic match of day coverage. You, it, I, I felt that you were finally starting to see some recognition for the fact that it was Palace that, you know, I, was, I think I saw the phrase um, Palace looked at the division above or something like along those lines. I think it might be the Guardian or something like that. Uh, and it's pleasing to start reading that, starting to get a bit of credit. And I don't think it was undeniable. Um, but again, Cardiff fans will say that they were poor, they had an off day, and you know how can we not beat Palace? And I think, I, in a way, I kind of prefer it like that because I like us being the underdogs because we seem to do better that way. But um, I mean, in terms of the result, the sort of the incidents in the game, I, I think the, the first key one, exactly as you said, Fraser Campbell um, on the end of a Don Cowie cross, uh, just just completely alone in that six-yard box, and it's the first minute of the game, man. That really would make the whole, you know, it, it just makes it a whole different game. And, and Jules has done fantastically there. Yeah, the balls are straight at him. But if you look at Cameron Jerome's header, it's, it's almost identical in that, you know, headed close to the keeper right down. And it just, just so happened that, you know, Jules was able to react and David Marshall wasn't. And that's the difference in that first sort of six minute spell of the game. That's the difference between the sides. And it changed the whole, whole course of that match. But we made good on it and we, we deserved that. And, I mean, let's talk about Punchin in a bit more detail now. Now, he has received stick from pretty much everyone. Um, and I, I don't always... I think we're as guilty as anyone of maybe going a little bit over the top on it because... Deserving yeah, stick? I think he does plenty of good things in a, in a, in a game. So, um, it, it, it's easy It's easy to sort of, you know, to almost... It's, it's, you always get temptation to pick a, pick a player to sort of focus on when you're looking for negatives and... I do think to a point we were, we were a little harsh because he does add a lot of quality. But, Joe, I mean, you talked about a change in attitude. Um, was it was it a case that he was trying harder or was it simply a case that he was in a more effective area and sort of more involved? Well, he had his usual um, couple of moments of madness where 25, 30 yards out, he lashed one with his right foot into the... You know, he worried the crowd more than the keeper in the first half, and then uh, in the second half he had, a, and that was a right footy shot. And then the second half he did, you know, he pulled one to the right of the post. But you know, we we can't rub. His job is to set up, is to set up goals. You know, that little uh, when he mugged the defender and took mm. him down to the byline, chips it over. I, I, I need to mention something about the goal, and I, and I always say it: it's good centre forwards get across defenders. They don't just jump up and try and win the head. And and if you if you watch that first goal in slow mo, 
uh, he took two steps as soon as he mugged the defender, crossed it over. The forward took two steps forward and got in front of the defender, and and that was why he was never he was never going to do anything but score. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, going going on to uh, on to punching, I thought he I thought he played all right yesterday. It was just a a massive improvement. And the thing is, you know, he he looked like he wanted to to pass it a lot of the time instead of just being selfish cutting you know running with it cutting in and trying to score a goal of the season he was he was um you know he was he passed it about and that's what we want we you know we want to keep possession of the ball yeah no much better from him i thought but um i think the obviously the moment that everyone will remember is is that fantastic little turn it was just a little pirouette and the way he hit the cross sort of as he you know as he was spinning back round to face forwards i thought you know that that Simply an absolutely perfect move and cross, and more, does that more often than people seem to forget about, you know, the fact that he, he sort of maybe struggled a little bit in the last few weeks. But I mean, to a man, it was a good performance. I don't, I don't think there's anyone you can pick out. Obviously, Moxie was unlucky with the injury. Joe, did you have a point to make on Moxie? Yeah, um, Bob the Eagle um, basically has, has, has asked, "Is there any news on Moxie?" Um, I haven't heard anything at all. I, 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 he, the way he walked off, I would have. Probably said it might have been a hamstring. I saw him walking out the the players' entrance after the game. He didn't seem to be limping or anything. Too, you know, there's no crutches or anything. So, seems to be okay. Yeah, yeah. So I I think it's probably just a muscle strain. And the thing is, with those, you you just sometimes players seem to to come back within a within a week. Sometimes it takes them sort of six or seven weeks. So, I guess we'll wait and see. They probably have a scan or something Mondays they usually do if it's an injury over the weekend so uh, just waiting here about that but the int- well, the change went alright didn't it Albert I mean Mariapa came in and went, went to right back and Joel Ward played a left he had a obviously a tendency to drift inside because he's very right footed but pretty pretty decent game at left back yeah I was worried when Moxie went off but I mean I've been a big fan of Moxie you know by his mistakes um, and you know regardless of what people think of him I think when you take a left, you know, a left-sided player off, and you have to sort of imbalance the team with a right-sided player. You know, it's always going to, you know, who it is, you're going to, you know, the the, t- the balance of the team is, you know, at risk. But I thought we handled it quite well. I thought Mariapa, you know, came on and and you know got forward quite confidently and you know tried to sort of build moves a bit further up, in, you know, in the vein of Joel Ward. Yeah, and I think Joel Ward should be commended further for you know stepping out of position and being as effective as ever. Really, he's a fantastic player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's nice to know that we've got that option. Mm. Uh, I understand it. I mean, people asking asking where Johnny Parr was, and also talking about Jose Campagna. Uh, Parr Parr is fit, and and he's making the match day squad, but at the moment he's not making the bench. So, I mean, read into that what you will. I suppose in terms of the positions he plays, maybe because we can do the sort of thing that we saw yesterday and shuffle the pack around a bit. Maybe Mariapa is taking that defensive spot on the bench. I don't know what to say about it, really, but obviously the, the Johnny Parr we know is a fantastic player. But um, if he's not quite recovered from from quite a long spell out, uh, maybe you know people do do tend to sort of drop uh, in standard. Um, Joel, just, just a point just, on that. Go on. Yeah, just, just quickly, um, Patrick O'Connor again. He's a, a regular contributor to the show via Twitter from America, and he said, uh, "Remember when people said our back four or five was not was barely good enough for the championship? Mm. Seems not." Well, exactly, um, and I think I think that's that's the lesson. They needed a bit of time to adjust, and but they've got sort of better organisation ahead of them. Not to say I think Baroni's form has picked up as well. I think he's I think he looked a little strangely nervy at the start of the season. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, you know, I haven't really mentioned it before. Just something that occurred to me the other day that 
he just looked at a little bit more confident at the moment. Um, he's not conceding goals, is he? Which is yeah, it's obviously he's help, always going to yeah. do. You know, one in four or five now. Mm, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's anyway. always going to do that. But you, can I just go on to Joe, Joel Ward when he had that? Sh- I mean, he marauded him through the middle, acting like mm. a, a, an attacking centre, the centre yeah. midfielder, and and getting a hitting a screamer that would have worried the goalkeeper big time. Had it not took a huge deflection. Mm. You know, he just he's, he's a great, but he, he's a good player. I really like him. Yeah, he'll get better as well. Get better and better. It's easy to forget how how young he is. He what? He can't be more than twenty one or something like that. Maybe, maybe twenty two. Um, no, I'm probably wrong about that. But he's he's young anyway. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he's he's. I mean, we were told, mentioned it before that he was the player that Dougie said was going to be better than Nathaniel Klein, and you can see the the sense in that now. But um, yeah, certainly a fantastic player and very versatile as well. Quite come, you know. It's not you can never have too many players who are comfortable with the ball at their feet. And I think having defenders that way makes makes the you know makes it a lot easier to play football. So um, I just want to quickly mention, obviously, Steve Parrish is uh, on the show a little bit later on coming up. Um, just just we get through the rest of this. And um, yeah, and if you do want to talk to us today, you can tweet us. It's at HOL Radio. Uh, you can message us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL radio email us radio at homestale.net uh, you can call us as well but I've closed the, uh, the document there without remembering to look at the phone number uh, you can call us on 0208 1234098 uh, if you've got any opinions about anything that we're saying uh, I did see that um, Adam Robertson had uh, tweeted in and he said Who, who's going to get dropped when Balassi comes back um, interesting question I'm going to uh, lay that one at your door Albert um, is there a is there any way for Balassi to get back in after his suspension now he's uh, served it? Kit man. <laughs> Seems uh, quite harsh. No, that is harsh. <laughs> I, I don't, uh, Balassi's last contribution of the whole game, I found his performance very infuriating to watch, very wasteful, uh, more so than Jason Punchin. But, he, yeah, he's got a role to play, and I think Balassi, if, if anyone's going to move out, it would be Punchin. How many more games is Balassi out? Two more games? Uh, no, no, he's back now, isn't he? He's so, back now, is he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd wait uh, for Punchin to have another off day before changing it. I've confused myself now, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, you kind of don't change a winning team, do you? That's an old no. saying. But you, you know, the guys out there are doing a, are doing a great job. So, um, yeah, we got City, Chelsea, and a few other decent teams. It won't be long. Yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> <point>. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, oh, a little chat about Barry Bannon again. He's he features every week, and I think he's a player that everyone has really, really taken to. I don't. I think you know he's got two insane songs that drive me insane. They just stick in my brain. I'm not going to sing them, uh, but Go you on. hear the games. You know what they are. No, I can't. There's the one to the t- t- tune of No Limits by Two Unlimited. That's probably my favourite. There's also the Manamanar one. But anyway. Um, Manamana. Yeah, you know that one. What the Muppet thing? Yeah, I haven't heard that. Barry Banan. <laughs> oh, fantastic! That is brilliant. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. He's really... for Christmas number one. That one. Yeah, yeah, we might have to leave that ourselves. Um, no, look, he's he has made a huge difference. I think. Um, I, I really sort of going back to the time where, you know, he was fit. He was you know fit to play when we bought him. Uh, we used him a little bit, and then you never saw him in the squad again. And you're thinking that like, sort of like game against Fulham or something like that. I mean, why, you know, why was why was Holloway leaving him out? Cause, and 
you know, by his own admission, he had to leave Villa to sort of to make the best of what he's got because, you know, I think perhaps the lifestyle up there that he was used to was, um, you know, well, let's just I'll just try and diplomatically put this, and I'm not doing very well. Basically, he he was able to concentrate his football down here. He was saying, and I think we were going to reap the benefits of that because he's he's a fantastic player. He really is. I think in terms of free kicks, I don't think I've seen anyone he hits the first man quite a lot um sort of not to ben watson levels but you know a reasonable amount but once he beats that first man the the areas the ball is going in you know we're a real threat from set pieces and going into a game against chelsea with the way they've been defending set pieces you know it's a big hope for us he's a big plus point has become an incredibly important player um anyone got any more superlatives for him bloody bloody good yeah, <laughs> uh, Lee Taylor actually put it really well on, on Twitter. There, he said um, one thing for sure: Bannon bloody loves playing for us, and that's kind of what I was getting to. He's really bought into to being a Palace player. Uh, someone was saying they were walking past the ground sort of quite late yesterday, and he was, you know, still hanging around, signing photos, <laughs> signing pictures and autographs, and you know what I mean. Just that will, that, that will endure him. That will endure him to the fans without a doubt. Mm. You know, we, because we are, you know, the club is a. We don't have many players turn up with the earphones and just ignore, like you see on the, you know, like yeah, you see yeah. on Sky. We Palace fans have, you know, have always had this interaction with the players, and and long may that continue. As you know, like we have, I'm sure we are the only ones, maybe in the whole of the football in in English football, to have a closeness relationship with our board. You know, mm-hmm. where we have where we have two members of, of or two owners out of the four that are, that are on a regular basis in contact with fans and will answer questions so that you know not that's, silly questions but you know they they, they, just, they relate to the fans don't they but yeah know, that, that whole chairman seems to like talking to the fans quite a lot but <laughs> probably time yeah. to fuck off <laughs> oh my god it's been a sweary show already tonight I'm apologising for that to anyone who's offended uh, that's the one thing I forgot when I, I saw that it was you two on that your didn't combined he, swear powers. Oh, didn't he tell sorry. him to go and die? He did. They said because they say city till we die, and his response was if they want. To, well, they should go and die then. Essentially, uh, I think I'm paraphrasing. I've got to be careful. I don't want to get sued, but oh, I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, might be right. Allegedly, that, allegedly, he said. But, but no, he definitely yeah. said it. He definitely said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> not going to push that one any further. But yeah, he um, it just shows you that you. For all the, in, you know, we all know we're lucky to have the owners we have. There's people who have got some issues with with our owners for some reason. I don't, I don't really understand why, but I think, you know, but we we know exactly what we've got, and we, I don't think we need to keep praising them quite as much as we do, really, because I think we should. They, they know, but they deserve it. But they know what we think of them. They're not in any doubt what real Palace fans think about them and think about what they've done for our club and how lucky we are. You know, no one would ever claim that they haven't. You know, I'm sure they wouldn't claim themselves that they haven't made mistakes, or you know. But every time that they've done anything, it's with the right intentions. And yeah, you see something happening up a hole like that, and you just, you know, you just count your lucky stars. We ended up the way we did from the situation that we were in. And um, yeah, obviously we will hear from Steve Parrish very soon. Uh, going back to going back to the game, um, I mean, there's so many positives, so many you know really good things to talk about. And I suppose it was almost a man of the match uh, fight between Jerome and Chermak. Um up front for me. I think obviously Jednak has, has hit a great spell of form as well. And I think Patrick O'Connor again was saying earlier on Twitter that um that, that Jednak and KG as a partnership are, 
that it's underestimated how important it is that, that KG is alongside Jedlak, if you like. They're not quite the same. I know you want Stuart O'Keefe in instead, Joe, but um, I think it's an interesting point there. He's played well. I'll, I'll say KG's played well in the last week. <laughs> he has played very well. I watched him yesterday. He was very unlucky to get on a you know, broke-up play, used the ball, and was very unlucky not to get twice, to get on the end of crosses, but, mm. you know, on the end of a move that he started four or five, six passes before. I thought, you know, he'd be played very well. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you can see that Pulis has obviously gone in there and just and, and he's just done what he does everywhere else. He's a very no-nonsense, obviously a no-nonsense manager. Um, and, and, the, and the response has been fantastic. Um, the other thing as well, we, we you know, we were talking about his results. We turned around and said that, realistically, if we could have nicked four points from those two games, we would have been happy. We, and we, we would, it, it would have been, you know, we, we, we all would have been very happy. And we've got six, which is fantastic. Mm. You know, um, and, and, yeah. and we've also, and we've also got more than 11, which mm. we were told we weren't going to get by our friends from down the South Coast. Yeah, yeah. From our other, and all yeah, them other mobs up in South London. Yeah. So, up yours. Yeah, no, it, feel, it feels good, but, you know, now we've passed it, I kind of feel ridiculous for worrying about it. It's, you know, I, I, I think... Well, we after would... the first seven games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know I mean? <laughs> No, I know what you mean, but, like, if we weren't, we weren't, we were there. we've not been terrible this season, put it that way. Well, you know, not really full of a side, I suppose, but... I've been unlucky. We have, yeah. And, and you know, and we're getting it, getting it. Sort of getting a different side of things now, which is nice. But um, you know, tough games coming up. But as I was saying, I, I thought Jerome, J- Jerome, Jerome, and Chamac. Um, You've just created a super player there. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> imagine the hair <laughs> on it. Marian Jerome. Oh, I can't even say it now. But anyway, yeah, um, that would be an amazing player. But we can't do that. We can't splice two players together. We're talking about reality at the moment. But we can try. <laughs> well, that's something to yeah, something to occupy us in our uh, off air time. But and um, yeah, let's hope we're successful. <laughs> but uh, I couldn't make my mind up which one I was more impressed with. Uh, Albert Jerome getting his first goal. I mean, he's you know that for us that is not his first goal ever. But I mean, I didn't really see it coming myself. A few people had bets on, which was nice to see. But um, he looked a bit more of a goal threat, didn't he? He did. He was. He was very. I mean, Alan West Ham, very positive. Um, he just holds the ball up fantastically well, and you know he, he's not—he's not the biggest, not the biggest striker, but he's—you he's, know—he's very strong. Doesn't mind like playing with his back to goal, and you know, waiting for somebody to come and sort of help him out a bit. Um, he's got a nice touch, can turn a player every now and then. Uh, yeah, a very, very good performance. But I'm—I'm I'm gonna give it to Schumacher on points yesterday. I think Jerome, Jerome on uh, Tuesday, and Schumacher yesterday. I thought Schumacher was outstanding, Second. finding. Yeah, finding pockets of space sort of between the midfield and, and front line and taking a touch and, you know, turning and sort of switching the play. I, I thought he was excellent. Yeah, I, I I mean, I was just more impressed. It's just the tackling for me. There was one one moment where he, seemed, he basically slid in for a tackle, got up, did another one, and then straight away slid in, slid in again. So three quick tackles, quick succession. I just, I didn't think he had it in him. I've always thought he was a decent player. Uh, but I thought he was struggling, and his confidence was shot. But you can, yeah, compare that to the the challenge he put in up at Stoke. Yeah, exactly. Allowed, you know, it's yeah, is a different player, isn't it? Really, it's it, it's really good to see, and and playing in that slightly different role as well. You could, I mean, he's he's talked about it in the press again. I'll say written comments. So I don't know. 
quite where the emphasis was, but he was saying, you know, he's happy to play there for the team, and he, he was talking about more being more concerned with how the team does than his own goal-scoring record and all that sort of stuff, and saying the right things, as, as players often do, but, you know, he's, he's thriving in that position, he really is, it, it just gives him the chance. I, I was kind of thinking he reminded me a little bit of, if you added work rate to Berbatov, but, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, he he's going to have the same effect as Berbatov when he's on on form sort of thing, but it's just that little, you know, the little things that he was, he was doing that up front before, little flicks off to people because there was no one around him or beyond him. It just wasn't going anywhere. Now he gets to put his foot on the ball and just, you know, play a little blind pass, a little reverse pass, something like that. And it's really helping us move and, and move around the pitch. Yeah, that, that little flick that Bannon did to set Jerome off down the left side um, in the second half. Yeah, we, we don't. We've not really been seeing that, and and uh, and, and again, the one-touch football that, that he's obviously, you know, he, I, I think I, I did say this. I thought he he would evolve. I don't think we're going to be Stoke City reincarnated. I really don't. We haven't got. I think there's money probably available, but there's not money to go and, and, and completely change the whole team. Otherwise, players like Bannon and Williams and and even even KG and, and you know. It, they're all going to be made redundant if he wants to go for six foot three, six foot fours. So I think he's going to go with what he's got. Um, and I think our football will definitely, under his tutorage, will, will definitely improve. It. Well, it has improved, and it is, it's, you know, over the last four or five weeks through through Millen getting the the, the 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 positive. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Giftiveness and the team back together. Mm. Um, and then, and then Pulis coming in, keeping him on, and yeah, it, it's exciting times. I'm just a completely changed in my attitude and, and everything around around yeah. what's been going on there. It's good. Yeah, it's ab- absolutely. I think nothing really typifies that the performance against Cardiff than than that second goal, uh, because it involved the sort of three main main men on the day in in Bannon, Jerome, and Tremac, and Bannon again putting in a fantastic cross with his left foot. Uh, Cardiff head towards Jerome. He's, uh, you know, creating an absolute nuisance in that penalty area, and Cardiff defender has to head it clear under under pressure from him. And uh, it's just the control and finish from Chamak. That's that's the, because he scored against West Ham, and because he felt happy, he had a good game, and because he was enjoying himself playing in the position he was playing in. You know, you can see that's the difference. He didn't try and you know unnecessarily lay it off to someone. He didn't try and put his foot on it. He took it down on his chest and drilled it with the outside of his foot right into the bottom corner, and that's. No, that's the striker. That's the you know the player that we've been we've been missing, if you like. You know the guy who's going to do something classy like that and smash it in the net. It was a great goal, absolutely great goal, and uh, it was great to you know see those celebrations you talked about, Joe. 
<coughs> excuse me, just joking. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, can we can we can we mention the crowd again? I know yeah, I know yeah. we've we've done it in passing, but but once again, you know, I I tell you, I, I noticed I sat up with uh, well, not with Alan Eagle, I sat with uh, Walshy and uh, and and um, a quick game two again uh, up at the yeah. back of the uh, Lower Romsdale. But what we've got now is old boys joining in. You know, in in blocks E, F, and G in the singing. To include and, yourself, or yeah, I always <laughs> sing, mate. I always always sing. But 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 the other thing as well, and this is where the HF are now getting a bit more respect off of off of long-standing Palace fans, is that they've gone old school. They're singing songs that we used to sing twenty years ago, and that's why they're all joining in because. Not that they don't know the words, yeah. but they're not, you know, it's not always just to well, the beat of a drum and, and you have to be standing up and, and, and bouncing and, you know. Well, but we've, had, bit... we've had two great things. It's the same song, but obviously with different teams. It was Can You Hear the West Ham Sing and Can You Hear the Cardiff Sing. That, and I'll going around with the drum, that, that's, that's genius. In, in I have sense. watched that. It gets that. everyone involved. I've watched that twice today, right? And, yeah. and when, they, when they do that and then they go, ah! Yeah. And then they, oh, <laughs> and then they start, honestly, I was laughing so much yesterday and I was laughing in my own house today watching it again. It is, but it's not just that, you know, when they sing the old songs, you know, Ole Ole Eagles, you know, it, it's just, it's, no it's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Um, no, it's techno, eh? Those are the days. <laughs> Funny enough, but, yeah. he's about 20 years old. Yeah, there you is, go. It, is it really all right? Thirty years, but no, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, you know, we we got old people that are well, older fans that are joining in, and it, it really is, it's really, really good. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, we we were going to enjoy it regardless of what happened this year, and 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 again, they've started remarking on the TV now. Oh yeah, they sing where they, you know, they sing when they're one nil up, and they sing when they're three nil or two nil down. It doesn't matter. They're going to sing, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's getting, it's I like. I, yeah, it's a good place to be, and it's, it's bouncy, fun, it's yeah. rocky, and it's everything, everything that we, in all honesty, you know, most of us thought we was going to go up and get hammered and go back down. But yeah, look, the thing we, is, we, we're talking we're about believe again now, aren't we? That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, in some ways, that's the hope that kills you, as they say. But yeah. you know, not trying to put a down on it. But like, I mean, for me, I, I mean, these these two wins make a huge difference. But I mean, for me, it was the, the Everton game, the getting a point off Everton, and you you look at the run they've been on since then, since they failed to beat us. Um, they're, they're an impressive side, and they could not do a thing against us. And and by the end, I think we could conceivably argue we deserve to maybe nick something. And you know, I think since then, like people have kind of got their pride back um, because it's horrible. We were talked about it's horrible losing all the time. We we still sing, we still sing all game for our team, but you're doing it in the knowledge that your team's losing and. <laughs> It's it's not the same, is it, as when you're when you're back in a team that's you know looks confident and is actually playing to their ability. Because whatever you, whichever way you look at it, if there's perfectly understandable reasons why the confidence was low, and you know passing was was not flowing and the tactics weren't quite getting us there. There's perfectly understandable reasons why that's happening. But when you're watching it, it's very very hard. And when you watch it week in week out, and you've got no points and you know, everyone's laying into Palace and everyone's laughing, going, "Oh, did you enjoy the football this weekend?" Well, it's nice to say, "Yeah, I really did. It was, it was great. Thanks. Can't wait to get back there." Um, and there you go. That's my positive end of the review for uh, for, the, for those games because we've got plenty coming up, including Steve Parish. Have you said your um, match, Chris? 
My man of the match was the same as yours, Chamak. Um, but I, but I really did, really did think Bannon and and Jerome ran him close. But it's nice to have those decisions to like, talk about, isn't it? Really, um, I fully agree. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, my, my only slight concern at the moment, and it's not really a concern. It, it's more. Um, well, it is, isn't it? Yeah, You're bringing it up. Yeah, all right. But it's not. It's not keeping me awake at night. But it's the things like um, you know. I want to see more. I want to see Johnny Williams get more game time, you know that sort of thing. I want one of the younger lads to get some more game time. I want Dwight Gale to play in a confident team and take advantage of the fact that everyone's you know playing with a smile on their face and see a bit more from him. And those are the little things. But I, I, the only thing that slightly you know is in the back of my mind is while we've got a winning team, we're not going to change it. It's the right thing to do for the you know to try and keep us in this division and all that means. But you know I, I just worry that some other players might not be getting opportunities and that's what the the cup's for and then we go and get that cup draw right <sighs> yeah but they'll do what they they'll, they'll do what they usually do and and, and play a weak inside yeah all well, the teams play a weak inside i just hope we don't i hope that you know well maybe maybe some of the, the fringe not fringe players but you know o'keefe and and uh and gale and can come in and 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 have a go but yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I would like to see some, you know, one at least one of the big centre backs from the 18s or the 21s brought forward. Just even if it is literally for the last five minutes of a game, you know, if we're um, getting, if we're either winning with a couple of goals spare or, or we're losing, you know, I'd like to see him come on and have a bit of experience. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think that's really, yeah, that's all I'm really talking about. And you know, but it's it's a long old season, isn't it? Suspensions, injuries, all that sort of stuff. I'm sure people will get their chance, but um. You know, we know what we like. We, especially our academy players. We want to see them come through. And um, you know, if they don't get a chance, I'd really like to see a few more go out and loan uh, in the next window. It's going to pick up on a few bits of contact before we quickly have a look ahead at Chelsea, the Chelsea game, and then bring you our chat with Steve Parrish, uh, which should be just after we do that. Um, Brad Thomas got in touch and said that Barry Bannon is a cross between Aki and Michael Hughes. Now there is a player, worth, two players worth splicing together into one super player. Uh, Barry Bannon's getting there, but. Um, I understand what he means by that as well because he's got he's got a, the cultured left foot of Hughes and the work rate of Aki. It's um, so I can't really understand why why Villa let him go. I, I'd have uh, you know I think they should have stood by him and he's better than anything they got. Was he a schoolboy now? I think he came yeah, through yeah. The, the ranks there. You know, yeah, some, yeah. you know sometimes you outgrow the club. Yeah, to a point. And again, we talked about he was in a difficult environment up there because because of all his mates. You know, he was going out drinking and all that sort of stuff, and not focusing on his football. But to you know, you mean you support a player like that? He, well, you know, I've read a few articles about him from the Villa perspective, and it, before before he started having a few off the field problems, you know, he was really he he was the next big thing to come through their academy. It really was. It's, you know, the way we talk about you know, certain players that come through our academy, he, he was he was their version and. You know, we've got now we've got um, an experienced Premier League footballer who is starting to come good on his his potential uh, um, at a key time in his career, and he's he's looking fantastic for us. I can't say enough good things about him at the moment. Um, very, very quickly, what else have we got? We've got um, Adam Robertson saying you need to get the swear box out today. I really do actually need a swear box for you guys. Um, can we can we mention that tackle on KG by Corker yesterday? That had uh, it yeah, been the other way round, it'd have been a red. I'm telling you now. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a still of it going around uh, online. Hey, and shocking, mate, it you. is a hor- horrific tackle. And I know KG retweet, retweeted it himself earlier. Um, really is. Yeah. Wasn't even a yellow, was it? No, no, it didn't get any. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, um, and then Wilf, you know, and, 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 and then Balassi gets three games yeah, for yeah. a slip. 
but yeah, he slipped over, yeah. But then, um, you know, they, they, I think they were showing on um, on one of the highlights programs anyway. That, that I think it was Joe Cole in Liverpool, uh, West Ham's game against uh, Liverpool. I think slipped exactly the same way uh, Balassi did, sort of stretching for the ball, connected, and yeah, he didn't get sent off. But then, you know, he's Joe Cole, isn't it? He used to play for England. Why would uh, why would he get sent off? He used to have silver hair. <laughs> Hey, did he? Oh, I suppose he did. Oh, didn't yeah. He? yeah. I remember that, yeah. Oh, you're going back a while. And then he gave the ball away. <laughs> and then yeah. I think Italy scored. Anyway, moving on. Moving swiftly on. Um, Crystal Palace GIFs says uh, that do you think Pulis. Other cleaning are... products are available. <laughs> oh, do you know? It's, it's GIFs. Just... It's no, GIFs. it's not. It's GIFs. GIFs. It's GIFs. Oh, they changed the man... it to SIF. The man who created them. Thank you. The man who <laughs> created them says it's GIFs. Oh, anyway. God, I hate you. Um, he's uh, he actually asking, did we think that Pulis was experimenting playing Ward on the right so Jack Hunt can play left? When he, when he's fit. I think you mean the other way around, experimenting playing Ward on the left so Jack Hunt can play right, play on the right when he's fit. Um, well, I would simply be guessing to answer that question, uh, but it's certainly worth thinking about as an option because you know Hunt's quite a well-rated player and obviously we haven't seen a single thing from him because he broke his ankle um, I, you don't know how he's going to play you know how he's going to be at that level but all I'll say on it is that Joel Ward showed he can play left back really well <laughs> so it's a good option to have he can play anywhere can't he yeah I think look so like, look like he could play in centre midfield and up front mm. I think he's just going to be our utility player it always has been through his career they say he's only young but um, I, I, we, I'll tell you what we have got around about January February when, they, when the going gets tough and the you know, um, we've we've almost got three. Whether or not they're going to be, you know, good enough or whatever, but we've almost got three brand new players coming back. Hunt should be back. Um, uh, oh Jesus, Glenn Murray. That's, Glenn Murray, well done. Um, and, and Paddy. I mean, it, it, you know, if we give him another <coughs> six weeks instead of two, uh, Paddy's not getting a look in. Well, I'll tell you now, he ain't played for such a long time. You'll you'll be. Uh, I think you'll be surprised. You know, and, and we did say, and we did say that you know we came out with a championship squad. We ain't, we, we're still playing three quarters of our championship squad, and we're in the Premiership and doing all right at the moment. Who's Absolutely. to say Look, that we'll, he, um, he's not going to he's not going to do anything? We'll, we'll have to pick up on this another time. I'm very aware, you know, we've got to get got to get Steve on very shortly, which I'm sure everyone's looking forward to. Uh, very, it'll be literally a two minute look ahead to, to the Chelsea game now. Uh, not a huge amount to say on it, really. Obviously, it's a difficult game, but Chelsea have been. Struggling uh, defensively, certainly from set set pieces, and that's kind of where we're we're excelling at the moment. Some fantastic delivery from Bannon. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's probably where the game's going to be. That's that's where our chances. I mean, look, I don't. I think it's fair to say that anything from that Chelsea game is a bonus. It's not the games that we have to win to stay in the division. It's a game that we're going to try and compete in, and, and see if we can get some points. Uh, you know. It's also a, a sold-out away end, and it's, it should be a good day out. But I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously, before the start of this week, you know, this time last week, it, it, I just I wouldn't have even entertained the idea of going to Stamford Bridge and getting anything from it. But you see how we've played. You see what, what we're doing well. You see how confident we are. You know, and you can't help but feel you've got a little bit of a chance. What do you think, Albert? Uh, yeah, I'm very much the same thought as you. Don't expect anything. Um, but if we go there and, uh, you know, get up them and go for it, anything could happen. There, I've kept it brief. That's very good. Thanks. Joe? I think we score one goal. Hmm. 
I think we will score. I think we. I think we. You know, the, the the boys are scoring goals. I think we will score. They're not brilliant at the back, um, and I reckon a set piece, and it will be. Uh, I don't know. It's one of our centre backs. I think we got to one of our centre backs. He's going to score soon. Why not be against Chelsea? Well, why not? Is this the moment where I say I'm going to put a bet on it and then don't and then regret it? Yeah, I'd I'd forget saying stuff like that because it just bites you in the bottom. It does, yeah, yeah. The weird thing is, I put loads of bets on. I lost lots of money, but you know, if I'd actually bet on the thing a week ago, yeah. anyway, probably not best to think about that too much, or I might uh, <laughs> might yeah, do myself some damage, you know. <sighs> um, anyway, I think it's time we uh, we had a chat with uh, Palace Chairman Steve Parrish. Homesdale Radio is brought to you in association with CompleteSigns.co.uk for all your sign-based needs. To receive a genuine 10% discount, mention you are listening to Homesdale Radio and get in touch today. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. Right, well, um, first of all, I just want to mention, obviously, you've done um FYP interview recently and also you've done uh, like Five Live this morning, various other bits. Now now we're in the Premier League, so there will be some repetition, I guess, but obviously not everyone hears everything, so um, before yeah, we get yeah. into that. All right, and um, so, obviously, great week for us. Two uh, two wins, two back-to-back wins the first time since something in 2004. So, feeling very, very positive. But I suppose the first place to start has got to be um, the new manager. Um, see, Pulis has made a, a great start. He's continued that turnaround that, uh, that Keith Millen has begun. Uh, early days, but he seems to have had an, an immediate impact. Is it exactly what you expected when you made the appointment? Well, I can't say I expected us to, you know two wins on the, on, on the bounce but um, certainly you, you know improved performances would have been would have been young and um, I didn't really feel that we deserved to be where we were mm. you know I think you can make an argument that where we are now is probably about right and, and, you know if you look at yesterday's game the head of that in the first few minutes if that goes in it's a different game in other games that's what's been happening instead you know, they miss that chance of Julian Moore makes a great save and then we go down the other end and we to see the chance we score. So, um, I think there's been quite a few games where the opposite's happened, that's football, and, and it sort of balances out over the, the season, you hope, you know. So, um, I do think that, you know, only been a couple of games where we've really, you know, not, not performed as well as we could have done. Obviously, the Fulham game and, and Swansea, I think, you know, we were a bit lackluster that day as well, but... Um, no, I think we're, we're roughly where we should be, and I think you know Tony's definitely brought in some organisation and some um, discipline, and a bit more, a bit of belief back to the side. I think. Yeah, I think uh, that's, that's the most noticeable thing for me. I mean, you, you saw we talked very early in the season, I think, about Marouane Shamak, and because he, he started the, the season for Palace really quite well, some you know really nice sort of little touches here and there, scored that goal at Stoke, which was all about. You know, working hard and taking a chance and that, and then seemed to just go a little bit off the boil. But the performance we saw from him yesterday was well. I, again, I think Cameron Jerome got man of the match and he was terrific. But I thought Chamat was absolutely sensational. Yeah, I think they're both. You know, they both probably got real full match fitness. Um, I think that you know they haven't played regularly for a long time, both of them. So I think that helps a lot. Um, Obviously, going to a formation where we play both of them up front—that's that, something that Tony's introduced, and, and, and that's worked. It's very played, you know, and it's worked very well. I think 
it relies on Mohan working very, very hard where he is, um, and Cameron doing a lot of running as well. So I think the application of both of them has, has been excellent. Yeah, um, definitely a bit of difference. You know, all the lads, you know, it's, it, it, it's a great team spirit which we're going to need if we're going to do this, and a really good platform for everybody to perform, and, and everyone's pulling in the same direction. So you, know, you, you never know. We've, we've got four really tough fixtures. You know, the next challenge, um, and people will improve. I'm just watching Fulham. You know, they've, they've improved a lot um, under a new manager as well, and, and you know they're making it tight, very tight again at the bottom. So. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult. We can't get carried away because we've won two games, but it's definitely it's, it's a lot nicer to spend Sunday like this than we have um, other Sundays. Yeah, definitely. Um, I can hear him breathing into his microphone like a professional in the background. Uh, Joe, it's your question next, mate. <laughs> really? Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, right, OK. Um, Steve, your press conference with uh, Tony Pulis contained a series of questions about the length of time the process took to sign him. Um, whilst the fans got or some fans got a little bit impatient. Your response was directed at the media speculation, fueling a lot of the confusion. Um, did it make your job in making the right appointment any harder when you could see the effects of the media speculation on the supporters? Um, no, really, because... I mean, momentarily, you know, obviously it's a distraction, but I think you've just got to put it to one side. You know, as I said at the press conference, I'm not... I'm not picking a manager for the Daily Mirror or, or, or the Daily Mail, or you know, I'm picking a manager for our football club, and I'll take as long as I think is the right amount. Of, you know, the time I need to take to make the right decision. Really, and, and we were talking this morning on the radio about you know why do some managers not last very long at clubs and get sacked, and maybe it's because people don't take enough time over it. I, I don't really know what the right length of time is. We had the international break. We're a very, very capable man uh, looking after the side with, with, with Keith, assisted by Ben Garner, who's, who's done a tremendous job. Um, and, I, and I felt it was important that we, you know, we got the right person. We took our time to see anybody that we thought might be um, suitable for the job. Um, you know, there's people, people like to laugh at us in the media, don't they, a little bit, I think. You know, it's, it, it, but then that's fine. You know, you've got to fight for a right to be taken seriously and, uh, as a football club we probably um, haven't earned that right yet over the years you know there's a bit of a yo-yo club and all that kind of thing it's it's fine you know people in the media have got to say something they've got to feel common inches that's part of what makes the game so popular because there's so much opinion and talk about it so you know you, you, you've got to roll with it and, and shut it out really as best you can and, and, and make sure it doesn't distract you from making what you think is the right decision yeah. No, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. In, it was interesting to me, sort of, to, to mention that. I mean, about the way we're sort of perceived in the media, it, it's. It seems to be a bit of a, you know, a, a focal point for the fans at the moment. A lot of focus on how we're talked about on match of the day and all that sort of thing. But you, you're absolutely right. They do not only do they have to create, you know, the sort of attention, but also, you know, we have we ha you know we are the club we are at the moment. So I, I suppose yeah, it's interesting to see it that way. Um, you did. You've obviously talked already at length about. Um, previous manager Ian Holloway leaving the club and, and a lot of the supporters were, saw that press conference you, you two gave and it, it just put a lot of fears to rest about why it was and, and Ian come across the way that 
that we expected him to very honest and open about why why he left um one of the sort of focal point of that i suppose was was the the transfer window the business that we did there and the number of players brought in and all that sort of stuff and i think it's interesting to see how many of those players are now looking settled and now that you know that and enjoying their time at the club um, is that down to the sort of change in manager or initially you know keith millen taking charge and now tony pulis or do you think that that was something that might have just happened anyway as, as they bedded in who knows? I think there is a sort of, sometimes there is that thing that, you know, a manager changes, bringing a lot of new faces and maybe it causes a little bit of, of what would be the right word, you know, a little bit of instability, mm. you know, at, at the same ground then. A new manager comes in and obviously it kind of automatically gets forgotten about because then everybody just focuses on, you know, impressing the new manager. So. I don't know, really. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, we needed to thicken up the squad. Um, I don't really, you know, whether it's from fans or, or, or the media, you know, I take notice of points that I think are valid. Yeah. And I don't really take notice of points that, if I, if I consider them, I think they're not valid, you know. <laughs> and and I, we had a very particular set of circumstances with no Glenn, no Wilf. Um, you know, you know uh, Balassi got injured in pre-season. Um, so there's, there's, if you like, three players, you know, extra that you've got to get. Yeah. And then we had a championship-sized squad. You know, typically people run on lower numbers in the championship, you know, to keep the cost down. So you typically sort of 16, 17 outfield players in the championship, you know, real people that you would seriously consider first-teamers. Um, and obviously, you know, you need more. So, if you look at situations like yesterday where, you know, we've got um, matches on the bench and, you know, he can, he can cover centre-half and, and he can cover right-back and Joe has to go to left-back. And, you know, if you look at the amount of players that we have bought that we've used already, yeah, it's, it's quite a lot of them. You know, yeah, Adeline's yeah, injured and, you know, but Jimmy's been on and, and Punch has played and Cameron's you know, doing well and Mariam who everybody said was this, that and the other and what we're doing is he's now getting some reports he's deserved for his play. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get, I'll get judged at the end of the season like everybody else will. Yeah, um, okay. You know, I've, I've read everything, you know, holes, you know, I read all these posts sometimes and things, you know, holes, sensible transfer policy and, you know, they, they arguably, because of our injuries, if nothing else, you know, they had stronger squads you know, they didn't have as many positions to fill. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's a long season. You get a lot of injuries and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see at the end of the season how that pans out. Okay. That's fair. Uh, Joe? Okay, yeah, the uh, the biggest concern raised by many people on the appointment of Tony Pulis was simply that the Stoke way was built around physically big players and direct play. Obviously, there's more to Tony Pulis than that. And the evidence so far is that the football is good, but was this something that you discussed with him? Well, of course, we discussed, you know, style of play to a certain extent. I think, I think it's, I don't know how many people have really watched Stoke that that, that that have got that opinion. You know, really watched them over a long period of time. You know, I've spoken to people that that, that have and, and, and Stoke fans, and most of them will say it's partially a media myth. I mean, nobody's denying that Tony you know, doesn't like... Uh, uh, used to get the ball from back to 
bump fairly quickly, whether it's along the deck or, you know, <laughs> slightly aerial. But, I mean, if you watch, if you watch every team, you know, you've got to find the right tactics to beat the team that you're playing with the players that you've got. And um, I think if you want to knock the ball, you know, along the centre-backs 15 times and then knock it into midfield and come back out and then look the other way and I don't think that that's you know we've, we've got a squad that are really suitable for doing that in this division to be honest yeah right now um, so I think that you know the way that Tony plays football he likes wingers he likes to get the ball back to front quickly he likes to be compact he, he, he's very organised He's very hot on set pieces because obviously that gives you a lot of opportunities to get goals. Um, you know, if maybe you're playing sides that are in inverted commas better than you, you know, we're talking now about the Chelsea's and the Man City's and the Man United's. I mean, nobody's going to argue that they've, you know, they've not got stronger squads than us. Yeah. You know, so you've got to find a way to win. You know, if you if, if you want to go and play really nice looking football and get beat 6-0, then, you know, fine but that's not yeah. particularly what I want to do so we've, we've got to have a manager that fits what we've got at the moment and, and what we can do and I think you'll see over a period of time when you as you do watch us regularly that we will we will have tactics to give us a chance in, in matches and, that, and that's every match that we play Tony will try and find a way of winning if we can no I'd, I'd really noticed like, people around the ground saying similar things about, um, you mentioned the wingers there, and a lot of people are talking very sort of, you know, like you do, you talk about the old days and their favourite periods of, of play for Palace, and a lot of that was always about two wingers, you know, getting that ball into the box, you know, right and bright and all that sort of stuff, so I can totally understand that argument. Um, Joe, you're going to take the next one as well? Yes, um, well we're 15 games into the season, how have you found being a Premier League chairman so far? That's great. It was brilliant. You know what? What, what a privilege to, to be the chairman of you know your football club. I mean, it's it's fabulous. Um, obviously, it comes with its pressures, and some days you know you get the odd day where you think, "Why am I doing this?" <laughs> um, but yeah, generally it's it's, it's fantastic. And it's, it's it's brilliant. You know, to be able to do things to lift the place. You know, it's nowhere near where I want it to be. But it's fantastic to be able to you know, fix areas of the ground that, that, that aren't up to scratch and repair things for the fans and you know replace the retail food and you know just do all the things that um, have irritated me for such a long time and so many fans you know and I'm not dwelling on it you know it's not where we want it to be but I think everybody would agree the ground's looking tidier and you know, the, the media facilities are better and the facilities for the fans are, you know, better even if it's just, you know, Liverpool lose and, 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 you know, improving the fast food outlets and trying to get the service better and I think over the last three or four years, you know, we've worked on that. Stephen's done a lot as well on, on, on the, you know, with the Cronks beer and, you know, various different initiatives for, for fans. I think that, 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 that's what I get a lot of pleasure out of, you know. Yeah. And I love a full stadium, guys. You know that's, yeah. that's the other thing. You know, it's it's. You know, I was watching the championship um, roundup with my daughter last night, and you know, we were looking at the empty seats in the stadiums, and you know, it, 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 I mean, it's a great division. That division, you know, it gets fantastic support when you compare 
to other second divisions all around the world, you know, and I'm not deriding it, but, um, you know, just it's just packed stadiums just look good, don't they? And they feel good and they're exciting places to be. And yeah. So that just looks, just looks amazing, I think, when it's full and, you know, people are talking about our support up and down the country, which is, which is fantastic. Yeah, exactly on that. That's funny enough, that's exactly what I was going to go with this, this next question. We're sort of nearly at the end. Um, but that, you know, the focal point, I suppose, I mean, we've had media attention. It's not all been bad. Of course, you know, we've been written off. We've had the setup of the club criticised. But the, the positivity is, is on the, the atmosphere created by the fans, you know, home and away. And it's, I mean, it's noticeable to me, you know, going home in a way that, uh, the Premier in the, in the Premier League especially uh, supporters at other clubs seem to really sort of struggle to create noise and very quick to turn on their teams. Does it w- worry you at all that, that being in the Premier League that might have an effect on our, our support in the long term? You know, with obviously prices go up and there's more focus on the sort of st- sitting standing debate that's been raging on the message boards and things like that. Just we've you know we've got this fantastic atmosphere of a full ground. And do you, are you worried that that might be affected in that same way? Um. Well, I think we can try and do things to, to not affect it, you know. Um, the problem is for those clubs, you know, where, where the state, you know, the atmosphere possibly affected, they're still selling out, you know. Yeah. So it's hard, there's no real pressure on them to do anything different, is there? I think you're right, though, that, you know, there are lessons there about um, keeping fans together that sing and create atmosphere, um, about... Uh, making sure that the prices are sensible so you don't frighten away the real fans. But also, I think about how you market the club, that's something we're looking at at the moment. You know, how do you position the club? You know, there's something going on at Palace, isn't there? Yes. There's something different still about us to, you know, there's something sort of urban and, and edgy and... Innocent, I think, <laughs> is another word to the Premiership. Yeah, yeah, you know what, that's a really good word, yeah, and we're going to look at all these kind of words and probably get some fans in and and try and look at what it is that that, that we've got that's different and, and use that as a, as a real, you know, thing that we want to build on and very importantly maintain as we hopefully develop the areas of the stadium and things, you know, I think it's very important that we maintain that feel, I mean, I was just watching the the Fulham um, game, you know, I love their ground. You know, I love how close it was with Stansfield after the pitch. Yeah. It's all neat and tidy and, you know, all the thresholds are neat and tidy and you can see that money's been spent, but, you know, you, you, you want to get rid of the pillars that they've got, as, as we would, you know, but you, you want to try and maintain that, that atmosphere and, and, and that feeling and also make sure that you keep those, those kind of people and grow and make sure you get, you know, the new people that come people that want to be a part of that so um you see a future yeah, for the for the for the ground being at sellers park then steve yeah i think that's where we'll be for, for the foreseeable future you know yeah. we're working on some interesting things there and um i think that we're developing we're developing it bit by bit is probably going to be our best option fantastic uh, so um you know we've got some, yeah, some interesting things this week and, all, it's all made a lot easier if we stay in the Premier League, obviously, but we're trying to make sure that there's a plan there so that we can do it, you know, even if we don't. So, um, but it's really important within those plans, you know. I think it's, again, there's a thing where, you know, you could rush into it and you could build a concrete and steel bowl, um, 
which are hard to maintain an atmosphere. Funny enough, I was talking to to the Cardiff group last game, and I feel like Cardiff, the only set of fans that have really managed to maintain an atmosphere in that sort of a stadium. Mm. Um, I think it's difficult to do, and I think that you know we need to try and make it as easy as possible for fans to keep the atmosphere when we redevelop and, 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 and make sure that we, we build a facility that, that helps with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was just thinking sort of about sort of during the course of that, you mentioned the, the crowd being close to the pitch and that, that was something that, that Malky Mackay, I think, mentioned in the post-match press conference of making it difficult. And I was just thinking as well, obviously the other side of the atmosphere, it's not only great for us as, as supporters, but it's seeing the players reacting to it as well. It's like you really, as a supporter, there's not that many ways you can actually affect what happens on the pitch. And it really is, um, you know, seeing... Like so, I mean Barry Bannon in particular, sort of being the last to leave the pitch, and really the crowd have really taken to him, and it seems to have lifted him, for example. And I've, I've, you know, I've really enjoyed that part of it this season. That, and uh, yeah, well, I, I actually think, um, I think fans on the plane know to a certain extent what they can do. Really, oh yeah. Why is it so much easier? Why, why are people, you know, what? Why do teams? tend to do so much better at home than away. And the crowd are a massive, massive part of that. You know, crowds put, you know, they put pressure on, on, on the opposition. They lift the, you know, you, I've said it before, you know, don't do a run or do any physical exercise and, and you're not feeling great about life and then go and do it, you know, with some great music playing and you, know, you feel good about life. You know, it, 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 it's massive and particularly with the younger players. You know, the, maybe the players that, you know, uh, uh, or the players that are a bit out of touch. You know, when you, when you encourage those players, uh, I mean, you can see yesterday with, with Noam and, and, and Cameron, you know, they're growing into it and the fans are taking to them and the more the fans take to them and encourage them, the more the work rate goes up. It's massive, you know, home support. It's going to be absolutely enormous for us. Um, and I think, you know, and that's not just, it's not aimless support, you know, it's informed support. It is that kind of thing, you know, it's, it's chanting for a player when he's just missed, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's all that encouragement of young players um, for them to keep going. It's, it's, it's singing when we're losing. Um, it, it, it's, it's huge. This is, I don't think people, fans realise how huge it is and how, how much... Um, I think they are. I think they are. I think fans around the country are finally, are finally realising that, that that the atmosphere makes a difference. And the, and the best, the best thing that I heard was when we went up to to, to Man United. Um, obviously, didn't get the result that we wanted. But the next, the ne their next game was a European game, and they created a singing section because our two and a half, three thousand fans that sung seventy-two thousand of their fans in a league game and then all of a sudden they've got a singing section you know and, and we've talked to the Spurs uh, we've had guys from Spurs on the show and they said that they that, that, that some, a section of their fans have been inspired by by the HF and, and the way that the the atmosphere is at Selhurst and, and I think they're buying into the ethos of, of, of supporting it of being almost old school Steve you remember when we used to, we used to go when we were younger and, and you always sung you know it's a uh, yeah, I think it's a new sort of, it, you know, it, there's a slightly new freshness as well to it because even up, even you know, old school, 
and it was a bit different, you know, because you kind of go back to the, the football violence, you know, and, and, and I think with ours, again, go back to that innocence, you know, there's an innocence to it, um, but, but, but he's, he's really refreshing. Um, and long might continue, I think part of the problem is, you know, if you do develop and you go from being an underdog, then the expectation of fans grows. I think that that can obviously sometimes be um, a problem. And I think we just think that we've got a guard again as well. You know, getting ahead of ourselves. I mean, I mean, let's not worry about that. Yeah, we've got to get a foothold in this division. But um, you know, if we were, are fortunate enough to do that, you know, I think people have got to remember where we are and where we've come from all the time, and, and just make sure that we keep enjoying it. And that's what we do. You know, we enjoy it. I think at our club, that's maybe what some fans have, have, have forgotten, you know, that you go there on a Saturday afternoon to enjoy your team and support your team and to help your players and to encourage them, you know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, we want to move on because uh, we've got to let you go, really. We've got to uh, very quickly refer to um, uh, the, the transfer window. Um, I'll take this first one. I'll let Joe finish the, the thing off in a second. Um, uh, Tony Pulis, I suppose, and he's in pretty much, well, not every press conference, but a lot of them, has, has mentioned that um, you know he wants to wants to keep things running until that January, January transfer window and um, wants to you know, do something. Seems to have a specific plan. Are yourself, uh, Ian Moody and, and Tony, work into a specific plan? Um, I think he probably needs to see, you know, formulate his opinions a little bit more. Um, and obviously as things develop and, and, and players do well, it might might change slightly. But certainly there's, there's, there's certain positions where he feels we need to be a bit stronger. And Ian's um, being a bit, a bit, I've been looking at that already. Okay. Well, almost leads on to to the last question. And should we should we be expecting many changes in or out? And and how's the budget looking? Um, well, you, you can only do what you can do. You know, you can only get people if they're available and people go if, if people make offers. You know, so um, there's, 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 there's some money available. You know, we're not going to put numbers on it because you know. No, Obviously, it sets a kind of price expectation from people, yeah. you know. Um, but there's some money available to do things with, and, and, and we know that we're going to we're going to need to do that because that's part of football it evolves, um, and we need to strengthen. And, and Tony's got his ideas about what, what, where he needs that to be. So, you know, we'll be working through that, and having Ian will be will be a godsend, really, because it's just it, it's just so much work. I mean the whole kind of mess is now built up that we were in some kind of chaos. I mean, it, it, it's not the case, it's just, it's just overwhelming the amount of work to, to get to, you know, buy a player, one player, you know, when, 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 when availability is an issue and who's the agent and, you know, foreign players and do they want to sell and what are all the moving parts and you've got this one's an option, that one's an option, this one's an option, and it, it, it's just an enormous amount of work to get through, and even on the existing players, and players that come out to contract, and homogenising the contracts, and just working day by day on, you know, we've probably got 50 odd pros, you know, you just take all the youngsters and all that sort of stuff, you know, and it all needs managing, and we've been running it on a shoestring, because all the money's been going into the playing side, because of, of being in the championship, and that's, the way that we chose to do it to try and get out of that division, you know, put all our resources into the playing side 
um, and kind of muddle through a bit everywhere else. Obviously, we're now in a position where, where we can strengthen that up, and, and that's what we've done. So, you know, it's not it's not a case of we're not we're, we've not exactly got hundreds of people. So it's not a case of me not doing anything. It's just a case of us being able to, you know, spread ourselves a bit thinner and get more done. No, it makes makes perfect sense as well, and it's good to uh, to see Tony Pulis reference um, working with Ian Moody in a positive light as well. So obviously, you know, with with putting Moody in place, I'm sure you just you discussed it with uh, the incoming manager anyway. But no, it's, it's looking positive. And, and you said, you know, start of the season. Tony's was a real team player. I think one of the things about people that manage in the Premier League is they're used to a big staff. Yes. And they're used to managing that staff, and they're used to understanding. Um, you know, so we, we, Jerry Francis, people have seen at games, you know, he's come on board, he helps Tony, he's helped him out of the stoke, um, um, and, he, he, you know, we, we, we've been through that, and that's very interesting, the, the, what he does for Tony, and, um, you know, I think we'll see probably, a, 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 you know, maybe some others come in as well, and, and that's the experience that we bought, you know, the experience of, of our, of our Premier League manager who's used to working with other people and a big team of people to get everything done that needs to be done. So um, it's 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 good to have that experience around the place. Yeah, definitely. Lovely to see him um, keeping Keith Millen on, who's obviously earned uh, a place in the in the Palace Arts pretty quickly there as well. So very very positive. Yeah, he's a great lad, and um, you know he's, he's obviously working every day with Tony, and you know that's worked no problem at all. Um, but, but as I said, Tony's a very, he's very much a team player, you know, he, he uses whatever he, he needs to use to get a great outcomes in games and he's got some people that, that have helped him in the past and Jerry's one of them and, you know, I met with Jerry and he's a fabulous, fabulous guy. Mm. And he's, you know, more about football than most people have, have you know, I've forgotten more about football than most people will know, so <laughs> um, he's got some great people around him. Um, Fantastic. And, and, and that will help us as well. Yeah. Well, that's that's great to hear as well. I don't think that has been announced or anything, is it? Jerry Francis coming in? But no, I don't. I think you've got a scoop. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Anyway, listen, we'll, we'll let you go, Steve. We really appreciate you taking time out your Sunday to talk to us. And um, yeah, it's great to feel so so positive after a couple of cracking results and you know weeks and weeks of just improving performances. So feeling really good about yeah, it. Yeah, look, we've got four really difficult games coming up guys so we, we've got to try and keep an even keel you know it's it's, it's going to be uh, a, a long season and it's, there'll be ups and downs and we've all got to try and stay together and, and not lose heart and keep the faith because you know we're going to get difficult results because it's, you know we're going to be playing some very very good teams um, but I think as long as everybody's giving it their all which, which I can assure you everybody is um, you know, and, and we've got new life signed, and we've got a new yeah. manager, and we, you know, I think you can see everybody's together. So, uh, if we all stick together and, and, and give it our best, you know, you never know. We might do something we've never done before, which would be great. It will. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Steve. Cheers, guys. See you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Get involved with the show. Email radio at homestyle.net or call us on 0208 1234 Homestale Radio. Voices for Palace Watch. Faces for Crime Watch. 
hope you enjoyed that chat with Steve Paris, including the exclusive revelation that Jerry Francis has returned to Palace to help out Tony Pulis. Uh, that's where we end the show for today. Thanks to all of you who have listened in live, those of you listening to the podcast, and especially to everyone who has contributed to the show. You can always get in touch when we're off air with an email to radio at homestale.net, and it may help shape next week's show. If you follow the matches live online, do remember to head to footballfancast.com as we contribute to their live updates and discussion during games. We're back live next Sunday at 8pm. So until then, goodbye. I don't know why I did that. Right, you're gonna have to cut that bit off. <clears throat> uh, in three, two, one. <laughs> That's the problem. That's what I did in my head. And I can't, I can't get myself sorted out now. Sharp, Joe. Quiet. You're not here. <clears throat> Hope you enjoyed that chat with Steve. <laughs> oh fuck's sake. <clears throat> mm. Right, it's gonna get under control. <clears throat> okay. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Steve Paris, including the exclusive res- uh, fucking hell. Can't speak either. <laughs> right. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Steve Parrish, including the exclusive revelation. See, I can say it now. Right. I hope you. <clears throat> really upset that I've read. You'll make it do it. Yeah. No. No, you can't read it anyway. I won't read it. I'll just go goodbye. Yeah, but that's not just what I'm saying. There's loads of stuff I need to say. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. It's not that, though, is it? It's this. It's, I hope you enjoyed that chat with Steve Parrish, including... Cheers, Steve. Steve. Oh, you bastard. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, thanks oh, Steve. Don't talk over me. Thanks, don't talk Steve, over me. Don't talk over me. talking over me. Stop talking over me. Unbelievable. Just can't get the stuff. Homestale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street West London, Docklands East London and Crawley and Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.